0: morning where I am right now as I'm recording, so we're going to roll with that. I wanted to take some time this week to walk you through a little thought experiment, a little thought exercise. I want you to take some time today to think about all the different teachers you've had in your life. We're going to think about our teachers' past our children's teachers present and their classroom management and how that all ties in to your parenting. And yes, I know that kids behave differently at school than they do at home. This isn't at all about comparing you to your child's teachers. This is about looking at the teachers you've known and getting curious about the differences between them and what that might mean for you as a parent. Let's just think about middle school to start out, okay? Think of both ends of the spectrum when it comes to the teachers that you had in middle school. When I was in middle school, I had teachers who would stare at the class, tap their chalk on the blackboard, and say, the following people have detention just about every class and never follow through. And of course, the kids ran with that and talked about it behind their backs and all the things that middle school children do, you know? I had another teacher who, when things went wrong, didn't know who she should get mad at, and so assigned the whole class a three-page report on how telephones work as punishment that was due the next class period. And then I had teachers who never threatened never assigned detentions, and never got pushback from their students. And it was all because of the relationships they built within their classroom, the relationships they built with their students, and the respect and high expectations that they held. They also had a really amazing ability to not take children's behavior personally. I can see it so clearly when I look at teachers there were the ones who used fear to control their class or on the flip side of this used rewards right remember those marble jars where the teacher would put in a marble every time the class did what she wanted and then at the end of when the jar was full you'd get a pizza party was that just my school I don't know And then there were the teachers who didn't need to do any of that because of the relationships that they built with their students. We can gain a lot of perspective from looking at teachers. Another wonderful perspective we can gain by looking to teachers for examples is how the good ones don't expect their students' behavior to change. They don't use rewards as incentives or timeouts as punishments, but they also don't just let the behavior slide, right? Instead, they go into detective mode. They ask what supports a child needs to be successful exactly as they are right now. They ask what supports they need in order to start developing the skills they need to be successful in the current context when it appears again in the future. They ask how they can alter the environment or the routine to meet the child's needs and circumvent the behavior in the first place. It's never about getting the child to change or to do or be better. It's all about the changes the child needs adults to make so they can do better as they are. Not all teachers do this. I'm talking specifically about the ones who do their job really well. The ones that we as parents love, our children as students love. You know who I'm talking about. All right, so this type of problem-solving work that teachers do is especially evident to me in preschool classrooms, especially ones that welcome all children and have no timeout policies. Teachers who thrive in these settings and also teachers who create environments that their children, that their students thrive into, are shining examples of what is possible for us in all of our interactions with children, and especially as parents. Never seen one of these unicorn teachers in action? Well, check out Teacher Tom. He has a blog. He's on Instagram, I believe. Um, I think he has a Facebook page. He is such a powerful example of what is possible when we rise to meet the challenges a child brings with them instead of placing the burden of change, the burden of doing better, on the child. When I look at the best preschool teachers, I see a group of people committed to creating a classroom that works for every child. When one child has repeated aggressive outbursts, they don't just write it off as that's what we have to deal with this year. Nor do they punish the child. They see a child who is having a hard time communicating with their peers and so resorting to aggressive behavior. And then they ask what that child needs to be successful. They look at the context in which it's happening for clues. And they don't stop when the behavior appears to be spontaneous or unprompted. If they have a child who always starts throwing things at cleanup time, they might realize that everything goes well until the child in question feels surrounded by people. They see that this child is a child who wants to be involved, but also needs space. So instead of putting the child in timeout, they give them a specific important job away from the group. Like they might have them wipe down the tables to get ready for lunch or organize the lunchbox shelves. That gives the child the opportunity to be involved in the class activity without the additional layer of being surrounded by people, getting overwhelmed, and then reacting aggressively. When we translate these examples to you and your family, the point I really want to drive home is that regardless of the challenges you're facing, it is possible to have a more peaceful family life. And it is possible to see less of a challenging behavior, they don't need to be punished. They don't need to be fixed or tolerated or waited out. They need your connection, your support, your mentoring, your coaching. And if you feel like you've tried everything and it's just not working, if a peaceful home feels like a stretch and way beyond what's possible for you. Start asking your brain to find examples of what's possible out in the world. Look for people with similar circumstances to yours who are at peace when they're at home, who do approach their family life with a sense of ease and calm. If you can't find this kind of example in the parents around you, because When we look out to the world, a lot of parents we see are navigating this parenthood thing through the lens of stress, right? It might be hard to find examples of parents who are parenting peacefully, who approach things with a feeling of ease and connection. So if you can't find that in your world, in your community, look to teachers. Don't listen when your brain tries to feed you the old line about teachers sending kids home at the end of the day and focus on how the teachers that you know that are doing a stellar job are meeting the challenges, how they get to the root of the problem and how they make their classroom work for every student. If they can do it, if you can find examples of people out in the world who are doing this and you can show yourself that they can do it, it shows your brain that it's possible for you too. So look for all of the people who are doing it and then remind yourself it's possible for you too. When you're sold on the the possibility that this could be a reality too and you're ready to move on that, coaching is for you. You can go to my website and click on coaching. It's really easy to get the process started, right? partneredpath.com, click on coaching, schedule your call. The process is open and available to you. I hope you all have an amazing week. Keep looking for all of those examples in your world of people who have peaceful, connected relationships with children, even when children are presenting behaviors that us grown-ups find challenging, right? I will catch you in the next episode. Listen, if you're enjoying this podcast, I'd appreciate it if you'd take a few minutes to leave a review. It'll help other parents find the podcast, and more importantly, it'll help more grown-ups see their kids' sensitivity as the strength it truly is.